0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 83, the podcast for marketing managers and sales professionals who are using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. And with me is my co-host, Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. Craig, how are you? Really well. And uh, a bit of a different episode this time. That's right. This is what we're calling the crossover episode between Inbound Buzz and HubShots. So this is we're talking about Moby from Inbound Buzz... It's been a long time coming, but we've
1: finally managed to get together and have a bit of a panel discussion, didn't we?
0: That's right. So we've called this uh, Inbound Shots 001, and it's an interesting discussion. We talk about three real things. We talk about is the blog dead, is SEO dead, and is cold calling dead? everything's dying at the end here, Craig. So I
1: know. tell me more. A bit, a bit of a theme there. But look, it's an interesting discussion. And it was great to catch up with Moby. It's a different format to normal. And so to our listeners, we're actually really interested in your feedback. Do you like this kind of informal chat panel style format? It's long, by the way, I'll just warn you, it's 45 minutes of us chatting. I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So we'd love your feedback. We do go through these topics, and I, I, f- I found a really interesting discussion. And there's also a bit of a creative top ten at the end on a particular product. So
0: yes, and if you're interested, there is also a video version of this, which will be on our blog, and is also we've been sharing it on Red Panda's site as well. So you can, if you feel like you want to listen to some of it and then see us sitting there talking about it, <laughs> go ahead and watch the video. All right, so we'll go straight to the episode now. Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Inbound
2: Shots. The first crossover episode of Inbound Buzz and my good friends from Hub Shots. I'm Moby Sadiq. I'm Ian Jacob. And I'm Craig Bailey. And thank you for joining us. So, I mean, we've been meaning to do this ever since we were in Boston, right? So, before we kick off, I just want to say, and this wasn't planned or anything, (laughs) but Inbound with you guys was fantastic. And I only kind of mention it because like now even, you know, the guys from the Hubcast are talking about inbound coming up just being a couple of months away so you know i'm, I'm sure in the coming months we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more but i just want to say like doing it with someone you know doing the the inbound with someone i think really puts you in good stead so just want to publicly thank you for that and hopefully everyone who's listening can join us next time
1: yeah i totally agree it's much better as a group absolutely loved it
2: all right, Moby, what are we talking about today? So this is the dead episode and I don't mean because of the dead air or anything like that, but we're actually going to be talking about a couple of things that, you know, people proclaim to be dead or things that have changed. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the blog. So before we kind of jumped on, we all jumped on to inbound.org and we looked at the most common sort of topical bits of content that are out there. And there was a really cool one around the blog being dead. And, what this, and I'll quickly just frame it and then and we can all jump in. This content agency in the UK called 556 or something put out a post and it sounds a bit clickbait and it kind of is. And they said, you know, we've, we're proclaiming that the blog is dead. So all they really did was they removed the word blog from the URLs and they turned the website into what they call, quote unquote, a content destination. So what you, I'll, I'll kick it to yourself, Craig. Like, what do you think of that? Like, do you think that is a smart move? Should we all now be proclaiming the blog is dead and, you know, turning our websites into content destinations? Uh, so no, we shouldn't. Uh, but I think the distinction that you made
1: when we were chatting before the show is really around is the blog a separate entity and whether it's something that's tacked on to the actual site. And that was a good point that you made. And I think that is the distinction. Should we be doing that? No, it should be integrated. And that's, I think the key thing that came out. So it's not about the format or whether it has a date or whether it's got a category or even if it's got a sidebar, cause you know, we've seen this trend where we move towards the blog post, just being a single page mm. full width, that kind of thing. That's all good. It's still a blog post in my mind. It doesn't have to be
2: called a blog. Yeah. But the fact that it's integrated is kind of the key piece. I think, isn't it? We've probably seen this with all our clients right in like, you know, the, I think gone are the days of you've got a website Oh, we'll tack on a blog and we'll put our news there and we'll put our blog there, like actually integrating that. Like, is that what you're finding with your clients as well? Absolutely. And I think it just depends
0: what niche you're in as to what you call it. So in some niches where we operate in, it might be the knowledge base, for example, could be news and updates. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. And so we've kind of gotten away from calling it the blog, even though it operates as a blog, but really that's it's key is that what information is it giving and what information is helping that end user solve, right? Solving for the problem. Remember? Solving for the problem. Yeah. I think that's I really the that key. Way. It's like, what are we helping people do? Because at the end of the day, I always think, is it giving the information that I need to, to feed what I need to be fed? So yeah. I, I take, for example, I look at a, I read a car blog every day, right? This one car blog. What do I do? I go and look at the latest information Some. that's available. I don't really, it it is a blog. I don't really care that it's called a blog or I think it's called actually latest news on cars. (coughs) And that's what I look for because that to me is what what I'm after.
2: So if we, I like that analogy. If we draw parallels to that, to service and consumer based industries, it's easy for media publishers because that's all they do. Yep. But what that car blog doesn't have, it's it doesn't take you know three quarters of the fold that says we're the best blog and we're great because no. we have more topical news than everyone. Da, da da And then here's some news. So funnily enough, the other when I when I, when we saw this article and we we're looking at it, it reminded me of another trend I'm seeing where, um, and I looked at my own website too. Like you know, if you talk about having the best customer experience, if everyone has it, it means nothing. You know, so like above the fold, I like the idea of actually having, you know, maybe not a slide, actually having answers to questions your consumers have. I've seen some websites where they, you can tell they've done this strategically, where they have like the top four questions that people will ask them. Yeah. Like I saw a lawyer, uh, client um, that a client of ours we're looking to kind of compete against. I like what they've done. You know, do I have a case? Yeah. Um, you know, what what are my upfront costs, et cetera. Et cetera. So they've obviously thought about that. And then later below the fold this is some of the USP. So I think the limitation and the, the danger of following a thing like the blog is dead is you still have to make money. <laughs> like we're still obviously here to make money as well. So the, in the hierarchy of needs, we need to have um, answering those questions and then having what we do. So when people are ready, bottom of final to make a decision, we're there for them. Yeah, agree. So the blog is not dead? It's not dead. <laughs> but I guess uh, you know, the minute takeaway there is embedded in your site, don't just add it as an appendage, as an add-on that you could cut as easily as you add it. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the next thing that's dead? What's the next thing that we add? Well, is
1: SEO dead? Of course, is the question that always comes up, isn't it? Every every week there's a new post I'll see on SEO Mm -hmm. is dead. I'm never actually sure what they actually mean. It's kind of like, and I think this often comes up in another way. It's kind of, is SEO a scam? And the question or the answer is always part of, well, what is SEO? What's your definition of SEO? Because there's definitely some really spammy sides to SEO, as there is to any kind of
2: marketing. Is <laughs> that dead? P- probably. It's probably becoming ineffective. Yeah. But well, what doesn't help is, it's funny, right? Like, you know, we all run agencies, consultancies, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we get emails. Like, I know you guys get emails. I haven't even asked you this. I know you get emails. I get Every emails. Day. Well, you're doing worse than I am. I get once a week, but it will have something like, you know, do you need SEO? Like we've noticed you're the business owner, you know, like at least find out my name if you're going to spam me. I don't think that helps because everyone knows these are being fed out of, you know, like content farms out of India or Philippines or whatever it is. I don't think that helps. I think that's right. And it's really is insert any
1: activity. Is it no longer working? Well, it's probably dead, right? And why is it no longer working? It's because it's been either exhausted or overused, or it's just become such a low value exercise. Spam email is so low value. Email itself can be high value. So it's not like email is dead, but it's low value email is dead. Okay. And we call that spam, right? And so any activity that provides no value isn't therefore ineffective and then should be dead. So you mm. can insert anything into the is dead category.
0: I'll use another example, right? Whenever people say, oh, I've been told I need to do SEO, I always ask them, what is the end goal? Like for us, when we talk about, it's all leads and sales, right? At the end of the day, what does SEO help me achieve with my leads and sales? Or do I just want to be number one for um, Workwear, for example, right? I had a client that wanted to be, number, and he wanted to tell the whole world he who was number one. I said, did that convert to any sales and put money in your bank account? That's really the end question that I was asked. Vanity target. Mm. Yeah, is it vanity or is it something that's actually driving our business forward? So I think that's really a key when I talk about SEO people Mm. is that what we think or you might think are the things that you need to rank for might actually not be the things you need to rank for. It's actually trying to figure out What's going to bring the business that we're after?
1: So this is really, again, this case of solve for the problem. Right? Exactly. That's yeah. what's the problem you need to solve. Exactly. And is SEO really the hammer for that now? In many
0: cases, yes. Yeah, and possibly. And I always I always say to people, and we use this strategy, is do some paid advertising and see what's working. See whether it's converting. Once you've got that data, then you can be better armed to go, well, okay, we know that this converts, this doesn't convert. Okay, let's go and start optimizing
2: for this over mm-hmm. here
0: because we know that's gonna bring us business.
2: Yeah, I like that. I think there's a couple of sides to SEO as well. The problem with a lot of these spammers and a lot of you know the, the quote unquote cowboys that a lot of people have been burnt by is they operate under the, the technical guys. Like when I summarize it, if, if someone you know asks me that question, I sort of say um, it's an oversimplification but the answer that I give is SEO is no longer, it's less of a science, now it's more of an art. And that's great for business owners and people with creative minds and marketers who don't know about all the Cody stuff and all the technical stuff. I'm not saying that isn't important. It is still important. But how many times are you going to run a toxic detox check yes. and check your internal links and, and how, how much value is that going to get that effort? So maybe three, four, maybe more, maybe five, six years ago, if you paid an quote unquote SEO agencies, because I don't believe in, in an SEO agency only. No, I might be, might have contrarian views to that, but maybe four or five years ago, it was maybe 70% of what they did was all technical stuff, right? And, and like keywords and the density or whatever. A still, still doing that. But I don't believe that's the case anymore. Yeah. Like how many times are you going to do that? Like you might do it, maybe, maybe you pay someone to do that in the start to make sure the house is clean and the pack okay. and the website is fast yeah. and that sort of stuff. And you might only check it again for three months. But the rest of it, the 70 or 75% should be filled and not to go into this too much because we could go off on a huge tangent here, is understanding your personas, what are they actually searching for, what are those, you you, you, you touched on this, what are those commercial keywords, not just the, what was the other example you gave? Vanity. Yeah, yeah, but what was the, yeah, workwear. Maybe it's, maybe it's industrial workwear, Brighton. Yeah. You know, there might be. 10% 10% of the search, but right. the people doing, and this is a bad example, but people searching for workwear might just be looking for B2B supplies or trying to do a project or something. Exactly.
1: You know, I think what, a lot of what you're talking about, though, is part of what an SEO agency does. And it probably comes more to, round to the definition of what an SEO agency is. If I think of Siege Media and Ross Hutchins, and mm. he probably calls himself an SEO agency, but he does a lot of that stuff. You know, a proper SEO agency will do that persona and what is the problem we're trying to solve? Who's the target audience? What are their problems that we can... Like, that's all SEO. Conversion optimization. Yeah, sure. If Mm. you look at the the really great SEOs from the last 10 years, they were doing all of that. It wasn't just the the keyword Mm. stuffing and all that spammy stuff that's no longer effective. They were doing all of that stuff that we probably put under the umbrella of inbound
2: marketing. Yeah. yeah, or content, or marketing, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Even yeah. the PPC, like testing keywords, Correct. Yes. like SEO agencies, good yeah. SEO agencies do, right. do do actually that. actually do that. They don't call themselves a uh, SEM agency or a PPC agency, but that's part of their SEO arsenal, I guess. Yeah, so cool. I think that's alive and well. And so probably to your point, when you're saying just an SEO agency, you might it's probably the definition, isn't it? Maybe it was just that limited because there are SEO agencies that just think all we do is some on-page stuff and they you know, don't get us, it. It's yeah. not full picture. They don't understand the funnel. They don't understand the customer journey or any of that. Hmm. You need all that. It's part cool. of SEO. Yeah.
2: To call it whatever, but I guess the, the toolkit is different now. Yeah. yeah. Actually, sure. that's a better way of putting it. The toolkit is different. It's much
1: more mature now.
2: It's advanced. So keeping that in mind, if, if that is sort of the toolkit, um, and I think we'll all have a crack at this, uh, what is your best SEO tip? Oh, that's a good one. Well, look, there's a lot, there's a lot. <laughs> there's but if you had to give a hack, a you know, like, Craig, what would be yours? Like, what okay, I say? so I
1: think it's a case by case and it does come back to solve for the problem because quite often we'll go into, say, a large, often the larger the customer, the less they've put any SEO or any consideration into, say, on-page optimization. So we'll go into, say, some large B2B companies and they don't have basic things like page titles, headings, they they haven't Stat thought bugs. about yeah. So there's just some simple technical on page stuff. So my tip for them is right, let's get that in order. For another company that's say it's a very agile, small business where they've got all of that technical side, that's when personas might be much more a a piece. So the tip there's no kind of best tip overall it's really a case by case for me I don't don't mean to dodge the question but that's 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 kind of how I see it it's solved for the problem is the best SEO tip what's the problem you've got at the moment oh you haven't even optimized your pages that's the
2: that's the best SEO tip You get something yeah yeah Yeah, sure I know what's your best tip my best tip would be you know one of the the beauties of the way I do my podcast as you guys know every (laughs) second week I'm interviewing someone you know so today we're doing crossover. So I have the good fortune of talking to you gents. But um, I spoke to Tim Solo, the head of marketing from hrfs yes. Okay, yeah. You, you heard that one? Yes. It was, and it's amazing. I get to speak to people infinitely, infinitely smarter than myself, and you're always learning from these guys. And he said something that was really cool. So, and again, I'm not dodging or fluffing the question. But one of the things he said was the problem with a lot of SEOs or tools or whatever is they will look at it at the surface level. They don't look at the level down. So, for example, all things equal, you know, what's, what's that? Like, for instance, oh, this keyword, how many people are searching for it in your locality? This keyword, how many people are searching yep. for it? What they don't do is actually look at the competitor who is ranking for that keyword and seeing what other keywords they're ranking for. They don't go down to that level. Like they might do, they might do, okay, cool. What's that, what's that actual competitor doing to rank for that keyword? But that's where they usually will stop. They weren't going to say what other keywords are they ranking for that are in homogenous groups that you can target. So that was pretty cool. I really, really liked that. But the other really telling thing was how he said these SEO tools are broken. That was really cool. Like he was saying, you know what, we know AdWords now. So if you're relying on Google AdWords Planner as as your SEO research thing, you're not really doing SEO, forget it. That's terrible. We we, we, We all know that, right? But even tools like Ahrefs, he didn't say this directly, but even tools like Ahrefs, Or SEMrush, you might search for something. We've found this with clients. You might have, for instance, okay, let's say we sell microphones, right? In a particular type of microphone, a black microphone, whatever, obviously. Or podcasting. Yeah, there we go. That's a good one. Thank you for saving me. I obviously don't know much about microphones. (laughs) Got two in front of us. A black podcasting microphone. You're specifically looking for a black podcasting microphone because up until now, they've all been white, whatever it is. Right? And you might find there's only you know, 10, zero to 10 people searching for it, yes. even the tools, even the $150 tools, but you write content for it. You've, you've done your persona research, and this is what Tim was getting to. You've done your persona research. You've identified that this is what they're, look, they're actually There's a subset of people looking for these, and you base that on your quote-unquote SEO strategy. You ignore the tools to an extent. You actually focus for the problem, the problem of the consumer. Because when we've done that, and then you you go back to the, uh, in Google Analytics, you look at landing page reports, the tool will say there's only 10 searches, but there's been 50, 100 people landing on that page. And I was like, shit, like I went back and I looked at my own stats, I'm like, yeah, that is so true. Like these keywords, the tools are saying there is not, so what he's essentially saying is there are huge limitations in these tools and how they aggregate and sample data. So my tip would be ignore those tools, start with what those problems are and see whether you have answers to those problems in the form of an article. That's nice. Can I just build on one of those? Because it might have even been Tim
1: that was going through this when I was uh, reading one of these articles. This whole idea that we used to think a couple of years ago about ranking a page per keyword. So it's kind of like (coughs) this keyword, we map it to that page. It's very standard. Whereas these days, that's not the case. It's really about all of these keyword variations we want to capture with this one page. And going back to your point about competitors, that's often what you need to do. You, you say, oh, well, they're ranking number one for that page. But oh, that only gets 10 searches. No, actually, all the variations combined, it's that long tail effect. Mm. It's kind of like the combined overall search volume of all of those are all going to that one page. So it's it's less about just one keyword that your competitor's ranking for. It's like this whole keyword topic that they're ranking for on a page. And I think that's a bit of a mind
2: shift that we're we're seeing companies now starting to embrace and understand can I ask a question on that so when you do that when you're picking for because you still need to put a keyword in the header yeah. right or the title so you're picking the best of the bunch best of the batch what do you do then so if they're all tens and tens and tens say there's like say there is a hundred tens and they're all very different what do you use then well they're going to be around a theme
1: Right. So, and this is the so AHFs, AHRFs, I think you can do this. You can actually look at a page and see all the different how it's getting traffic from all the different keywords. Now they're going to be around a theme. So there's not just one. There might be a head term that has, say, a larger search volume, but all the other terms, which are variations, they haven't actually targeted or optimized their header for that. But because the content covers that topic, Google's smart enough to know that even though the page title is not optimized for that variation the content itself answers it that question sense. in a very, in a very, you know, useful way. Right. So it provides value. So that actually comes back, that part of your process is really about the content that fills out. So you've got a keyword, a, a head term, but then you've actually got variations, you've got a keyword theme, and so then you're trying to answer all the questions related to that keyword theme in the actual content. So that's kind of, that's probably just building on the topic that you went from, but yeah, that's a actual key. process, yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah.
0: Look, I think I would mind? say voice search is becoming big. Like I, I look at the way we interact now and the how easy it is for people to communicate with devices to get the answer they're after, you know, be it from your phone or from your desktop computer, mm. so from your, from your watch. Apple Watch, mm. you know, like people are talking to devices. You look at what's it, Amazon Echo. You know, people got that in their houses, they're talking to it and asking questions. How does your content, like, so think about what does it look like if people ask questions? So is the content actually answering those questions or are you still writing for people reading it?
2: That's my big tip. Mm, Don't write for a robot. uh, Don't write for a robot. Write for a conversation or a question.
0: Absolutely. Think about what you do. It's like you don't type in a keyword when you're talking, right? right? I'll say, how do I find natural deodorant? And (laughs) And that's really what we're after. Now, leading on to that, we're going to do uh, the creative top 10, right? We'll
2: do that after that. Yeah, save it. Save it. <laughs> we'll it. The okay. inside joke you guys will know in a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is my favorite one. Sorry, was that. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's it. This was my favorite one because I think this challenges the convention of um, at risk of splintering off into another discussion. The thing about inbound, and we we're talking about this before, we love inbound because us as practitioners, it codifies what the journeys, like in terms of what we do, like how we actually fulfill that, that buyer journey and the different tactics and strategies you can hit them, it, it codifies them the whole point of attracting, converting, um, delighting. So it does that great, right? It's great for us. It's great for people coming into the marketing industry as well because it codifies what they need to do. And it's a great way to start with your personas and, and go on from there. The problem is when people like, you know, look at, at risk of sounding like, like we love HubSpot, Right? But the problem is, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting in trouble as I'm saying this. The problem with sweeping <laughs> statements, like, you know, at inbound, my God, I've probably made so much money off inbound just by stealing all their ideas. But the problem when they make sweeping statements like, okay, outbound, call, outbound calling is dead. Cold calling, cold calling, yeah. Cold calling is dead, yeah. right? There's problems with that because I don't think it is. Like, I think, I can't remember if was Ian or Craig, one of you guys are saying, like, some of your, your most profitable clients have a huge outbound division. So, what say you gents on, on that? Is cold calling dead? I'll let you go
1: first, Dan, and then i because I've got quite a strong opinion on this.
0: No, I don't think it is, to be honest. I actually think that cold calling has its place. And, and I'll use a particular customer of ours. Like, he has a very finite industry that he operates in, he knows the people that he wants to target or the business he wants to work with. And he has used inbound really successfully to reach a lot of those people. But he's at that stage where he goes, well, I know who I want. Like the next, and I've generally after people have downloaded or they've had interaction with him, they're actually, he's having a conversation or he's calling them up. He's sending them something physical. So he actually uses that calling as a very good technique to connect with people. So I don't think it's dead. And I think... Being in a very targeted manner, like inbound is, it actually has its place in the
2: whole yeah. ecosystem. It's helped him target, hasn't it, though? Totally. Like, that's the thing. It's helped him yep. target. I know exactly who I'm going after. So, it's... What, what did you call it before? You called it inbound, inboundy sales <laughs> um, or something. What do we inboundy call it? Inboundy sales.
0: Yeah. It's like co- calling the inbound one. Yeah. One, right? So... And and I think that's it has its place. Like, you just think, always, at some point in this process... When you're dealing with a business or a company about a product or a service, you're going to have that conversation, right? It could be that you have put a form in or you might have actually even seen it on Facebook and then you get a call from someone. You'd be actually like, yeah, okay, I'm quite happy to talk to you about that because I'm interested, right? Because I always think like if people ring me about something and I have a genuine interest in it, I'm happy to listen to them. Mm. I give them, I'll give them a minute or two. I won't say, no, I'm not interested and be off with them, but I'll actually give them time because that interests me. And I think it's the same with everything else. Craig? Okay.
1: So I totally agree. Outbound calls and targeted cold calling, I'll, I'll define that in a second, is alive and well, and it's very effective. And to your point at the start, which is the inbound movement in some ways has done a disservice in positioning outbound calling as bad and ineffective. And we know from reality or oh, real customers, that's not the case. However, what has changed is that targeting, which she mentioned. So we've all had those experiences where we get a call and someone just starts selling us something that has no interest or no value to us. That of course, I just don't know how that continues. That can't be effective. That, is that dead? Well, it's not dead, but it should be. I think it's ineffective. Yeah. But when someone, as to your point, when someone calls for something that is of value and they're not just trying to sell but they're trying to help or provide value, that's very useful and very effective. And so, yeah, we have customers because we're mainly dealing in mid to large B2B companies and they all, the effective, all the successful ones have outbound sales campaigns, sales reps calling, often cold calling. And by cold calling, I mean the Person that they're contacting has never touched, they've never touched before, they've never experienced the brand or anything. So this is the first contact. So they haven't even seen the website and then getting a follow-up call. They're getting a cold call. But it's targeted because it's to that person, let's say it's a CTO in a bank with a piece of software okay. that is solving a problem that CTOs in banks have, right? That and to get to the CTO is often through a series of cold calls through gatekeepers that to get them. But then when they get contact to them and they do talk about the problems and then talk about how they can solve them, they'll often lead to meetings. So we know it's effective. Mm-hmm. And then the question you've got to say is Will the CTO of a bank, were they, are they actually Googling, how do I solve this problem and going to a site and downloading a white paper about it? Possibly, but probably not in many cases. So when like those cases, when they're not doing that and how do you reach them and a call does it in a very helpful value intended way, outbound calling is very effective.
0: You know, one of the best ways I've had, I've had a few of these actually, where they basically say, look, I'm not trying to sell you anything. Can I just send you some information and then we'll talk later. I'm like, okay, sure, send it to me.
2: Yeah, what a good
0: Yeah. Like I'm, like all the barriers go down. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, what have I, what have I got to lose? Tell me, tell me what it is. Right. So now
1: we're getting onto the, the way to do that. Yeah. The process of doing it. Totally. That was an outbound call. was it effective. Yes. Yeah. Because of the way you did it. You didn't just try and sell them, you know. That's right. Limited time offer, buy. Can I put you down for 10 widgets? It's like, what? Get up It's, yeah.
2: Yeah. Providing absolutely. value. I'll say something different because you guys have answered it really, really well. I think there's something to be said about the art of the sale. Mm. So, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not, you know, I've I've got (laughs) sales. I don't think we are, you know. (laughs) We're doing a podcast and obviously we're giving value and we're doing the inbound way. but I'm not, and I'm sure.
1: Can I stop you there? How do you define sales then? Because if you, Brian Halligan and many others will tweet this, Mm. selling is providing value, whereas selling before was, you know, trying to close a deal. Selling now is about providing value. Always be helping. So, when you say, oh, you're not a salesperson, well, maybe not. Maybe you aren't by the old definition, but by the new definition, perhaps you are.
2: And and sure, you're right. You know, like by offering value, and I I do it. I'm sure we all do it from time to time. I have to play that function. Mm. But and you're right. And I think that puts you in good stead. I think the next level is where you have someone who's dedicated to sales, and that's all they do. Yeah. The art of the sales. So uh, you know, our our head of sales, he's he's magnificent. He's great at what he does. He's he knows the psychology of sales. He knows. Mm. Um, the entry points, the entrance points and exit points and not to say that I don't know them. he does it a lot better than I do, but where we combine quite well, we call it, we, we speak about smart marketing, we probably, mm. <clears throat> you know, can't, won't do it justice here. but like working together, the marketing and sales team working together. Um, you know, Ian, you mentioned a point that I think is quite powerful and quite telling, like you speak about, they'll say, um, can I email, can I email you something? I think that's great because it's the path of least resistance. Yes. People will always take the path of least resistance. Now, do I, do I really want an email from this person? Not really, but would I rather the email or a 5-minute conversation? Just make just give me the email. The thing is if if I've been targeted right, if I'm the right persona and that piece of content is interesting, the beauty is if you use something like HubSpot. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> I think we, we we didn't mention it because it's so obvious. Yeah. But let's let's state the obvious. If you're using something like HubSpot, You've now, someone's clicked that link. So, you know that they clicked that, that, clicked that link. That's right. So, you've targeted them. So, you know that they've, they've spoken to someone. Okay. You know that they've clicked on something. Now, for the rest of the natural born life, if they come back to your website, you can target them with smart content. Okay. They'll jump around. You can give them more content. Yes. And I, I love the rule of, I can't remember where I heard it, but be helpful, be helpful, be helpful, then sell. So that, that might be, you might email them something that is helpful. And then you might remark at them, not with, we're so fantastic, but he's another piece of content. Yes. He's another piece of content. By the way, we've got a special offer. You do that compared to someone else who's just trying to call you at six o'clock and you're like, look, I'm not interested. It's obviously going to put obviously going to a good state. So, sorry, it wasn't a quick answer, but I just wanted to add to it's a great what you guys mentioned. That's yeah, a good question. It's a good topic. So speaking of smells <laughs> and deodorant. <laughs> I'll let you guys kick this off because this was something that you guys came up with. All right, I'll kick this off because
0: my good wife shared this with me. It's called a product. It's called No Pong, right? It's a pretty, pretty good looking. Can I? You keep talking. I'll take this to the camera. Yeah, take it to the camera, video viewers. So it was No Pong, and um, what has happened? So she said, "I reckon you should try this out." Obviously, she thinks I smell.
2: It was her birthday. birthday last week too. Is that what you got it for? <laughs> no, no. Right. Happy birthday, by the way.
0: I'm happy birthday. Um, and so what I did is I researched it and I went, and I think actually I was with Craig when I was researching it and I went, okay, here's this product. I, I'm going to try it out. Right. So while we were, before we were recording our podcast, we were preparing I researched it I'm like, it just looked like such a product that only females would use. So... I'm like, okay, well I found somewhere in the FAQs men can use it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll give it a try, right? So I bought I think I bought about four or five. I've given Craig one, I've given my mum one, I'm using one. And to be
2: honest, I've actually it's a fantastic product. Like and you would attest to so that. So for the audio well, listeners, explain it. Like how, how does that work as opposed to normal Look, if it's
0: a deodorant, it, it is a deodorant. Well, it's it's an anti anti Anti-deodorant, they call it. Go to
2: nopong.com.
1: We've not AD, it? No, just nopong.com. Oh, nopong.com. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and so it's an Australian product. That's why we love it. Um,
2: it's flat. It's in a little tin.
0: It's a little tin. Now, I'll explain to you why okay. it's in a tin. Like they have a subscription-based program where every month they'll actually send you one. I think it's $7.95. And I think it works great. Like, it, it is a bit different. Like, you've got to use your fingers to apply it, so that might put people off, but... <laughs> okay, can I, can I say what I think? <laughs> yeah, go on. What I
1: think the differentiator for this is, is because I love this product, right? And I, I, I just had a flash that in years to come, this will be the thing that we regret ever talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you go, oh, remember what you talked about? Wow, didn't that kill our trees? But anyway, I'm going to talk about, I think it's a great product, but the problem it solves is not that I smell, well, no more than other people. Like it's not, that's my, not my problem. The problem I have is that deodorants give me a rash. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I use, a, a sensitive, no alcohol deodorant, yeah. I always get a rash. And after a couple of days of wearing it, I get a, oh, I get a skin irritation. So that's my problem. Mm. It solves this problem mm. because I can wear it every day because it's all natural. It's made from organic and blah blah. You can read all this, yeah. the story on their site. That's what it solves. The packaging and uh, etc is just a nice bonus. They've done that really well. It's a really good product, and I recommend it to everyone. But the reason we're raising it is because everyone should be using this. So you know we have this creative top ten segment that we normally have in our podcast. So we thought. Why don't we have yeah, a creative
2: top 10? I do know how we're going to get to 10, but... For this product, no
1: pong, no. how would we promote it better? Because it's an excellent product, and yet I think yeah, there's,
2: it is an it's, there's so, so many opportunities, yeah. Can I start? Because yeah. I don't know if I'm going to have more than two ideas. So, right, like... Well, 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 to...
0: Maybe you should try some right Maybe <laughs> a live demo, right?
2: Oh, well, a video demo of this thing. So, when we were talking for the podcast, you guys said, oh, you know, like, no pong. And I had no idea what you guys were talking about. And then you... But someone that had
0: no idea. Yeah. This is interesting because we've both used it
2: for a couple of weeks now. You only just heard about it, so this will be really interesting, actually. So, so go on, get yeah, us up. So, so you guys were just talking amongst yourselves, were talking about what we're going to be talking about, and you guys mentioned about No Pong, and like I thought, okay, whatever. A part of me did think about. So what is No Pong for, for any? Because uh, like uh, we we both have uh, li- international listeners. Yes. I don't think Pong carries across Australia. But it's a colloquialism of ours that means smell, right? So, a part of me thought, oh, like, surely it can't be that smell. Like, what a, what a pong, you know? Like, but when you said, I'm like, what is what is no pong? You're like, it's a deodorant. I cracked up. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. Because I hadn't heard that in years. It's, yes. it's so, like, kind of colloquial, ocker in a way, you know? So, but then you look at this thing, right? So, I'll jump into my idea. My idea is a creative execution thing. Yep. So, I, I, I think...
1: Um, so I think, yeah, the question is the ten, top ten creative is how could we increase sales of this product?
2: Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I had a slightly contrarian view to what um, you were saying before, uh, Craig. You're talking about oh, I think we should change the right. name. But I'm like, I think you go full throttle because it's it's so colloquial, it's so diff. You're right, it's a different product. Own the name, yeah. but then it's quite funny. Like this is this is the funny thing. They have a positioning problem in my mind. Yeah. So it's called No Punk. But it, it's 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 very it's very feminine, and I, I think you mentioned Ian on the website. It's very female. It's very I'm looking at the sign now. It's very, very cosmetic. Yeah, you know. So where you would think if you had to pick a persona, it could be unisex, but it probably lean towards male. So my thing would be own pong, right? A creative execution could be like, and I was just thinking of an ad. Right, this is my idea is a creative one. Um, you might have, like, a bus shelter. And if you can imagine a dude sitting right at the end of a bus shelter and everyone else... And it's, like, exaggerated, right? Every, like, eight people sitting on the other end and, like, underneath it says, uh PONK, right? <laughs> that makes sense right away to an yes, Aussie, right? Turn, That's the market for this. On. Underneath the next panel, the split screen is no PONK. And everyone, like, either you go the links route and, you know, you have women on in, but you yeah. have to be like that or either you have... People shaking his hand, taking photos of him or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. um, another idea was at the airport. Like, you know, this thing, you can travel with this thing. Yeah. Right? So, one could be like, yeah, it's slightly different, but you guys will get the point. One would be like, uh, you know, like, you know, the whole thing with United Airlines right now. Like, let's talk about newsjacking, right? The guy got dragged off the, the plane and everyone had uproar about United. You could kind of play off that. Yeah. You could have the alternative and you have like someone being dragged off. You know what I mean? And then you have to see aerosol cans on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so he's being arrested by, you know, whatever they call him in America, TFA or whatever it is, at the Aviation TSA. Authority. TSA. And then you could have one with no Pong. Yeah. And he's getting through, he's got a red carpet, yeah. yeah, his shoes, yeah. yeah. You know? So I I don't know if that counts as two ideas no, or one. No, no, that's great ideas.
1: Can I jump in on that? It's because you've actually identified personas there. Like the bus stopper example is around someone that's got a problem with smell. Okay. And I think you're right, the no pong, um, Yeah, it's really addressing that. But there's different personas, because I'm not that persona. My persona is skin irritation. Mm. The other persona you've just highlighted is travelers, which is actually a really good fit and you could target exactly for the traveller. It's the travel pack because yeah, not big aerosols, it's not gonna get That's true, yeah. So that's actually a really nice targeting piece for travellers. Um Going back to your idea about no pong, yeah, there is something Australian about it. It's like, give us the Aerogard and the thongs, and the... And the, the Nopong, what the a pong! <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, what a pong? Yeah,
0: oh,
1: give him the Nopong. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see that become part of his kind of the vernacular. It's kind of like yeah. the Nopong if it became a big enough brand. But I actually wanted to rebrand or, or not, not actually change their brand but have another brand, exactly the same product, but targeted different, more premium I think the Nopong thing works for a certain demographic. But mm. for me, when, when you first gave it to me, I was like, I don't know. I don't like the name. And is it for girls? Yeah. And that, like, That's right. it wasn't and until
0: I, I tried I had to, to, I had to look
1: at it, it was a hard sell. I was like, I'm not going to use that. But then I used it and it worked so well. I, I now love it. But I'd love to see it rebranded kind of in a premium way and a, like a cool, no, like, it could be called Zero or, you know, zero mm. smell or zero, a, zero I- irritation zero, yeah. or, or something. That more. name suits
2: the current positioning that they have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: But a yeah. premium kind of brand, definitely one targeted for guys versus targeted for women. You could also
2: maybe it's for kids
1: or teenagers as well, like that kind of thing. So yeah, that whole branding piece, I think there's so many cool. different ways and you wouldn't have to rebrand the whole product. You could just run right. test sites. You could
2: microsite test that yep. as another brand. So can we say that's at least three ideas? That's at least three. Because yeah. I, I, like, I really want to <laughs> get through ten. Like you know. <laughs> oh no, we got like, Yeah, get go right, but, yeah So pass. we, okay. So to recap, we've got changing the brand, uh, a creative angle, owning Pong. If you, if you yeah. it separately, and um, the personas, defining personas. Yeah.
0: Look, I think from a purchase purchase perspective, there's been I, I, I really what I did love was the packaging it arrived in and the card that was in there. I've had no email follow-up or retargeting. I've visited the site a few times. I've told quite a few people about it. So even in terms of, I think, one email follow-up, be retargeting people or retargeting like audiences of people that have bought uh, Nopong, which would be, I think, a great way. And I'm pretty sure (laughs) looking at the people on their Facebook and probably the people who bought between the two, you could actually get a really good return on that. Well, that's a couple of ideas there.
1: Yeah. I'll uh, say another one, which I think is content around the specific problems. So, yes, there's back, no back to myself <laughs> and my own problem skin irritation, that's got to be a big problem that's, Absolutely. I'm not the only I don't one. Think you're, you're and if you out. look in the supermarkets at all the different deodorants, there's always that sensitive or the no irritation and alcohol. Like, it's a big market, right? None of them solve it. This one does. So I think content around that specific problem point mm. and highlighting and just promoting that content. You Don't even need to promote the product. You just like, if you've got a problem with deodorants giving you skin irritations, here's how to solve it. Like that, I would read that. I'd click through to read that and then you just retarget to me or
2: whatever. So I think there's a content piece there that they can get into as well. Um, I just thought of one just real quickly while you guys, while you guys are drawing up the rest of yours is if the female market is already doing quite well, like if they've carved off that and they currently own the female, I don't know how long they've been around for, but if they currently have some sort of following or some sort of, you know, you know, market penetration into that particular audience, they could extend it to their partners, right? In a fun and novel way. Like everyone kind of jokes. It's like, oh, you know, you know, Chris Kringle, you know, I've got a deodorant, like someone gave me a deodorant. What are they trying to say, right? But you could have gift packs. So you could have, you know, he's in hers. So you could have like, i just going to sound.
1: That's kind great. kind of
2: dumb. No, no Pong for him, no Pong for her. Well, I was thinking ping pong, <laughs> right? That's great. I was thinking having a ping and having a pong. Yeah, so, like, right. the ping is black or the pong is black or whatever it is. And there's a ping pong. So, you get a black and you get a whatever. The husband can't be offended because his wife is also taking it as well. And it's quite a novel execution of utilizing these existing market. I, I reckon that's a great idea. In fact, just
1: going back to on the website, if they had... When you choose it, you just go. I'll get the no pong for him or the no pong for her. Exactly the same product, just different package. They'd almost sell twice as much, I think, because that was the key thing. I was like, is this for me? Or is this for women? Yeah, I struggled. To- what would be funny is if they contact us and say, no, it's just for women.
0: <laughs> I could go into it's not because I looked at the FAQs. I dug it out somewhere. But, but, just but even that, that was really hard. Just to putting point. that on the yeah. site,
1: having two NoPong, you'd almost sell twice as much, even though it's exactly as...
2: No pong, if you guys are listening, can you tell Inbound Shots is looking for a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, a real, real problem we're trying to solve here. <laughs> cool.
0: And do you know what I didn't really see on the website was there was nothing... I went looking for an about page because that was my reaction. Like, mm. I think in a lot of these on the homepage didn't really... I think what I didn't see was... I saw no, I can see pictures of, I think the owner, um, demonstrating how to put it on, apply it and pictures of other women, but I didn't see any shots of men. Now when I went to the Facebook, I kind of saw some scattered shots of men, but I struggled because I, I struggled with this with you. It was like, is this for us or is it not for us? Yeah. And I had to really go looking. (laughs) So having an about page would be really good. There's so there's so much, when you look at the site, there's so many opportunities there. Absolutely
2: you can get to <laughs> Along the website there's a dude sniffing a girl's armpit. That's great. Yes. Yeah, so well, that, that's that,
1: fantastic. That, Oh, there. Yeah. yeah. That kind right. of actually put me off. It's yeah. like, Correct. Oh, maybe this and isn't. Yeah. That's, probably, yeah. And that's why I'm thinking like a premium brand wouldn't do that. Use yeah. like, a, yeah. a totally different set of imagery. They don't know who they are yet. Yeah. They're, it's very like but premium conditioning. It's and such a good product. This is it's a fantastic. Product. It's an excellent product. I'm just waiting to go gangbusters. So as good as that packaging is, one of the things you've got to do is you've actually got to use your finger to put it on, which is kind of a bit weird at first, but it's actually fine once you get used to it. But I think a different – some other packaging options, maybe like a stick applicator or that kind of thing could be good. It's the kind of thing that I can imagine, yeah, you just want to pull out of your bag and put on
2: something where you don't want to get on your finger. So I think some other packaging options there. I'll admit it kind of sounds a bit gross, but it's no different to a roll-on, really. No. Really. You know what I mean? Like, and it's maybe not – I'm sure everyone thinking this is thinking the same thing I thought They're listening to this Thinking along like two fingers Putting fingers <laughs> in something that looks This is really going to turn you off I hope you're not eating It's something that looks like toe jam Like with two fingers toe that's jam. disgusting <laughs> Right But no, but when you actually look Like there's one image And I don't think they do a proper job of answering that particular you've, I'm, I can see you're looking at FAQs But the, the particular job of application Where there's one sort of image there that, that She's using her palm Like yeah. you use hair gel you know what
1: I well, mean? Like, so, I was going to say in the morning. That's how I put. Like, I get I get out of the shower. That's when I put it on. And then I, it's just like, and then just I put like a little bit a, of product. Yeah. Product. I put a little product in my hair. It's kind of just part of the routine. The You're routine. right,
0: and you know what's actually interesting is that on the homepage it kind of has the three easy steps: just buy, apply, smell fresh all day, right? But if I go to the directions page, I don't see any of that visual content. That tells me how to use it it kind of talks about what the ingredients are you can't assume yeah. and the tips which to me was
2: yeah all right that's got to count for another idea
0: yeah that's yeah. definitely another idea and again it was really hard actually i had to really dig hard to find out if it was suitable for me um, i think i mentioned this a few times but even just now when i looked in the faqs i actually didn't find it there i think it's actually an open support mm. So now look, they've got a great following on Facebook they've got like 20,000 people that have liked their page so really that's to great. me that's a massive market that can be utilized yeah, yeah. and I actually wonder of all of the people that have liked the page how many people actually bought the product or have there been like us where we were unsure so we bought a few Oh well I bought a few mainly to give away I know you are following using it you bought a few more. Yeah, I just bought a whole um, ton more. You bought a whole tongue. Got more. one in the car, I've got one in my bag, got one in the <laughs> office. Like, I've got it everywhere. It's great. Yeah, and you know what? And the best the best thing about these, that I that I really like is that it doesn't look like deodorant, right? You yes. can have this anywhere. Actually that's nice. And like, it looks classic. Yeah. Right? Like that is true. if you put something on top, no one's gonna know it's your deodorant. They'll just think it's I like think it's just um, some tobacco. tobacco, tobacco yeah. mints, right? So I guess it's it's like definitely you can do that Mm. you have to be aware it only withstands heat of up to 30 degrees craig so don't keep it in your car oh i did not realize that oh no is it all right what else have we got
1: oh you're right 30 degrees and the car gets into a sauna so yeah i think um, i think on the site yeah just going into some of the technical aspects yeah there's a whole lot of targeting that they can do on the site with content and I, i don't think they've done any keyword research around that whole market whether it's deodorant or, you know, BO mm-hmm. or anything like that. So just there's a content piece there on the site that they could be working okay. on. Um, to dra- They could get a lot of organic traffic around this. Yes. Um, the other thing is an influencer. All you need to get is one or two key influencers to use mm-hmm. this and talk about it on Instagram or something like that. And I could just see this exploding. You just need to get the right person. Okay. To, can you imagine if The Rock, you got Dwayne Johnson. Oh, so man. Here's a bit of this. He could Because he
2: would love it. And that would, you know, that's... Of course, that would never happen these He would sell puree that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I love that. But product. I know what you're saying. Like, but you know like those personas, a, a few, find that. A few influencers. Yeah, stuff. find that influencer and go after that market. Yeah. Absolutely. And then those targeted, we touched on this at
1: the top. those targeted pieces. And I think the Traveler one that you raised is a really good one. I hadn't thought of that. But that's a perfect. Perfect. Perfect persona to target. And you could do that in a really <clears> niche way. So, yeah, that's a nice one. A few others maybe there. But, yeah, look. People are gonna say you spoke about it, talked about it in your
2: own for twenty like, minutes. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> well I think that's a good
2: way to end. That is a good way to end. <laughs> on a smelly note. Well one thing I've learned is you guys have listened to the most metrosexual inbound marketing <laughs> nice podcast on the internet. So yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. Um any closing words from you guys? I'd i love
0: people's feedback uh, as to whether you enjoyed this and whether you enjoy the conversation we are having and is it valuable to you? Like, did you learn something? My key with everything, and we were talking about books today, is there one thing that you can take away from this conversation and implement in your business or in your marketing that's going to change the way you get a result? If you can do that, we've done well. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, let us
2: know. And if you stink, you know where to go. nofong.com oh, that's it nofong.com seriously they owe us something like seriously <laughs> that, this is just crazy guys there is on um you'll find in the respective show notes of both our podcasts the video versions so definitely check it out yeah and we'll join you next time for another episode of another crossover episode of inbound shots until next time see you guys
1: see you hey later hey there thanks for listening to this episode of hub shots For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.